welcome to the women's conference. We just, that was too good to not repeat. So, love, thank you. Thank you. I know some of you thought you was coming to church this morning, and um, you're like a mix between uh, dancing and the altar. Um, but welcome to Influence Church. We just like to have fun at church. Amen? And you are in the afterglow of a full day yesterday of Holy Spirit presence in this house. It was a beautiful day. This room was packed with women. The overflow was packed with women, and it was a beautiful time to see women connecting with God. So it was a great week. We have called this the Strong Conference, and I believe that God's given me a message. I get the opportunity to speak on the Sunday after Women's Conference, so this is kind of like my week to share with you, and I'm going to share a, a little bit of a passage that means a lot to me, but I couldn't help when I was sitting here looking over, and Bethany, I always see you because you are like just prostrate before the Lord every Sunday, but um, even today, more so with your mom and dad here, and we just want to honor you and... Um, you know, I just have this in my heart because my message is about Moses and Joshua. And you have had such a great Moses in your life, but you're a Joshua. You're a Joshua. And I love you um, as uh, Bethany pastors over our link groups. And she has every type of link group you can imagine. Um, and Simon, her husband, works with our staff. He is a very professional businessman that has come in and just helping our staff be the best that we can. And I just want to honor your family, the legacy that you have left for the kingdom and in your daughter and son-in-law. So we honor you. And welcome to California. Good to see you guys. So how many of you are feeling strong? I mean, is that song not amazing? Is that song not? Now, how many of you, you may not know, how many of you have already downloaded that song this weekend? It actually was dropped, I think is the word they say. We dropped it on Friday. But that's a song that was written in our house. It's one of Influence Music's original songs. So go right now to your iTunes, go to your Spotify, go to your Pandora, go to whatever you need to go to. That song will get you through days that you don't think you can get through on your own. And I mean, just put it on repeat. I mean, there's times where I just have it on repeat, and I'll share that in a moment in my message, how I had it on repeat. But today I want to talk to you about being strong and courageous. Here at Influence Church, a few weeks ago, I told you that um, we were in our fast. I know a lot of you fasted for that 21-day fast that we were just in. We always fast 21 days prior to our anniversary. And last week, we turned eight years old. As a church, we are eight years old. And it's so exciting. Um, I took someone to a wood ranch the other day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is where we started. Not wood ranch, but at the theaters right next to wood ranch. And that's where, man, we did popcorn. We threw popcorn at Pastor Phil and we ate nachos. And that's how we started the church. And so we were at the theaters and we were at a school and then God gave us this building and an amazing story how we've been here. But what I want to talk to you about is we've just started our eighth year. And the number eight in the Bible is the number of new beginnings, so you have seven days. God created the world, and he did a pretty good job. And then he rested on the seventh day, and then the eighth day was a new beginning. So whenever you see the number eight, it's a number of new beginnings. And begin to see new beginnings. I want you to start speaking new beginnings over your life. Now, if you're like a lot of us, we said it's 2020. It's a new year. It's a new decade. I'm going to have a resolution. I'm going to do something different this year that I haven't ever done. How many of you would show, with a show of hands, how many of you at least had 
you thought you might try to do this year. Come on. Oh, no one. That's why you're not saying. Nobody had resolutions. All right. A few of you had. You just always know you fail. Let me tell you why. Here. All right. So we have New Year's resolutions. We have new diets. How many times like we're going to eat clean? And we do it for a week, right? There's new diets. There's new journals. I mean, we always buy a new journal, and you get maybe mid-January, and then it's blank the rest of the year. I mean, there's just as far as you get in the new journal. A new commitment. I'm going to make a commitment to the gym. I'm going to make a commitment as a husband to get home or a mom to get home sooner and put the kids to bed. I'm going to make commitments in my life. Yeah, that's not doing well either. New personal values or standards. <clears throat> new relation, New relationships. I'm going to get off social media. I'm going to get rid of that friend who's not a healthy friend for me. And next thing you know, you're having coffee with them again, listening to the same story for the third time. And you're not doing so well. Here's why. Research has discovered that after analyzing more than 31 million data responses, people they interviewed, that Saturday, January 12th, is the fatal day for New Year's resolutions. According to the study, only 8% of people achieve their New Year's goals. I found it was interesting that it's 8%. There's only 8% of the people that literally will see the one thing that they said they were going to do at the beginning of the year through. So my question is, are you part of the 8%? Are you a part of the one who says, I'm going to have a new beginning? I'm going to do something different. I'm going to have some discipline in my life, and I'm going to see something new in my life. I want to talk to you about how to have a strong new beginning. Now, it's interesting. The definition of strong means able to to withstand great force or pressure. And here's the problem why most of you either didn't raise your hand is because you knew, I ain't going to do it. I mean, we don't set resolutions because we never, if I, ain't, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. And January 1st isn't going to make me want to do it, right? So most of us don't set them because we know that we're not going to achieve them because we can't handle the pressure of making change. I want to talk to you about one of my favorite biblical characters, and I mentioned earlier, it's Joshua. I love this character so much that I named my second son Joshua, and Joshua's with us. I'm glad he's here today. You guys know Joshua. I think he's, he might even be preaching next week. Are you? I think. Maybe. Um, bring everybody. He's a great speaker, I think. And if he's not here, then who's ever Well, but I thought you were. Um, but I love Joshua, and I named Joshua Joshua for one reason, because um, I like the name. I love the character Joshua in the Bible. And here's what I loved about him. Can you imagine having to follow Moses? See, I'm all about being a life coach. That's what I do. It's how I was born. I'm just this challenging kind of person. And all through the scriptures, when I would read about biblical characters, I love Moses, and Moses was a great guy, and there's movies about him, and, you know, there's all this good stuff about Moses. But there was something about Joshua, every time that I would read it, that I thought this guy had to defy all odds. This guy had to follow after somebody that was so big, and he had to get out of his shadow and be his own person. And I love the, I love the story of Joshua. I want to talk to to a, a little bit about that. Um, most of us can imagine following somebody like Moses, and we're talking, this is the guy that parted the Red Sea, saw manna come from heaven. The Bible tells us that he is the only one that God said, I know you personally by name. The Bible tells us he's the only one that God buried, and nobody knows where his body is but God. Yeah, that Moses is who Joshua had to follow. And what happens is most of us are following in the steps of someone that we have made larger than life. And we don't think we can get out from their shadow. I want to show you today how to get out of the shadow of somebody that you think is larger than life and have a new beginning. 
The first thing I want to share with you is, and let me show you this slide, you have to renew what you have learned from your past. Now, something I like to say when I teach with the women of influence in here is that I truly believe in old school pen and paper because I believe when I write something, I see it and I can decree it because you guys can listen. You'll remember a little bit of what I say, not most of what I say. And the best part of what is going to go on today is God's going to say something to you I don't say to you. So if you get out a pen and you write down these three things, I really believe they're going to help you have a really good new beginning in this year. Number one, review what you've learned from your past. In the scripture in Deuteronomy, it says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is one. He goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So this is what Moses is saying to everybody. Moses is talking. And now we're talking Moses. You know, Moses how many of you have seen the Ten Commandments? I mean, like Moses, and he's talking to everybody, and then he looks, and this is what he says, and I just feel like God singles me out. Then he goes, then Moses called Joshua, and he said to him in the sight of all of Israel, Joshua, he singled him out, be strong and of good courage. You must go before this people in the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them to you, and you shall inherit the earth. You are going to lead them. It's your charge. It's your time. And I think what happens is most of us don't feel a calling. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, I feel for the first time since I've come to Influence Church that I have a place, that I have permission, that God has a destiny for me, that God has a calling for me. Let me tell you what, it's not about what Pastor Phil does or what Tammy does or Bethany does or Pastor Erica or Pastor Nate. The question is, what are you doing? You are a Joshua right now. There is a Moses in your life that you're following, but it's time for you to put on your Joshua shoes and start walking. I want to talk to you about the three P's of your past. The three P's of your past. You have to learn from your past. First of all, people. You have to look at the people in your life. Joshua had to look at Moses. He watched Moses. He studied Moses. He learned from Moses. He watched the strategy. How does this guy battle? What does he do? Where does he go? What does he say? He watched his faith. How does he speak to God? Why does he go to the mountain? Why does he talk to God? He watched him in the intimacy. He watched every move. Who are you watching? I have a feeling most of you are watching someone on social media you shouldn't be watching. Do you have mentors on social media that you're watching? Do you have people that you're watching how they do it, the strategies that they do it? I watch women's conferences all the time. How did they do it? What songs did they sing? How did they set it up? What were their themes? What are they preaching? What are they saying? I will never be better if I don't put better people around me. So you've got to look and you've got to say, what did Moses do? Joshua would not be Joshua if he hadn't watched what Moses did. You're not who you are, Bethany, on your own. You watched, you're mimicking a lot. You'll say to me, so we'll be in the office, you go, oh my gosh, my mom and dad do that. I saw my mom do that. I saw my dad do that. Whether you want to like it or not, you are a creation of your parents. How many times do you look in the mirror and you go, I say this, oh my gosh, I'm becoming my mother. Jen, sorry, it will happen to you. Josh, you are your parents, okay? We are like the ones were around. And that's what happened to Joshua. He was watched and he studied. Then also leadership. How do you rule the people? How do you rule the people? So he watched him. Next, problems. Problems. He had to watch how Moses solved problems. Now, when I was reading this passage the other day, I was thinking about this. How many spies did Moses send into the land? He said, go into the land and spy out the land. God's given us the land. Do you remember? 
12. So he sends 12 spies in. They're watching. They come back with a bad report. Ten of them go, we can't go in there. The giants are too big. I'm afraid. It's not going to work, although God told them they're going to go in. They're going to get the land. He already told them. Ten came back with a negative report. Only two came with a positive report. God said, we can do it. We can do it. It was Joshua and Caleb. How interesting, when Joshua went into the land of Jericho, and they got ready to take over Jericho, how many spies did he send into the land? Two. He learned from the mistakes of Moses. Moses sent too many people because too many people have too many opinions. Right? I don't want your negative report. If you're a part of the two and you have a positive report, come see me. So watch what he did. Now, not that he didn't do it right because God told him to take him in, but he watched what people would do. He watched what people would say. He put himself around people that had a positive report. The two that went into Jericho came back with a positive report. We can do this. So he aligned himself with positive thinkers. So the problems have to be solved. And then you have to look at the promises. Often when we quote that verse, and I remember when I decided that Joshua would be a name that I would give my son. I love the verse in Joshua 1, 8, 9. You know, and this was always a verse I gave to Joshua. Be strong, Joshua. Be courageous, Joshua. I and I always thought it was Joshua that said that, but it was Moses that said it to Joshua. And then Joshua said it to the people. So look and see who is it that's saying these things. The promise, be strong and be courageous. It's a promise in your life. Your past is the greatest teacher for your future. You, honestly, guys, everything that you are avoiding, everything that you're running from, everything you are denying, this isn't going to happen to me again. If you'll take the time to look at your past and really, really, really look into your past, you'll begin to learn some lessons. You ask yourself, what did I hear? What did I observe? Where did I fail? Where did I succeed? We are now eight years into this church, so we brought on people like Simon. We brought on some of the businessmen and women in our church. Pastor Phil and I sit down with them, and we ask them, tell us what you observe. Because as we're going into the new beginnings of year eight, what do we need to do different? We can't do the same thing that we did when we first started this church. Does that make sense to you? You don't just plan for growth, right? You have to be strategic about growth. So what we have to do is we have to say, what's our next eight years look like? What's this church going to look like? Where do we want to go and what's it going to look like? So if you don't know that, you will trigger you will have fears and you will have obstacles. So you've got to look at the past and be very strategic about the past. Phil and I were talking about this other day. One thing that I think sometimes, because we're both entrepreneurs, if you haven't noticed, and we love business, if you have an idea, we are for it. Let's run with it. Well, let's do it. But not every idea is for us. And that's hard to understand when you're an entrepreneur and you want to get behind everything. And we had to do everything when we first started this church. My husband has this joke. He said, if, if you were sober and you had a pulse, you were on staff. And that's literally how we started this church. And we just, anybody, anybody can help. We just need to get started. But that's not what we have to do in our new beginning. We're at eight year now. You're eight now. And we have to look at things differently. So look at your past. Everyone in here, look at your past. And learn from your past. Number two, what do you need for a strong new beginning? You need a new vision. You need a new vision. And Phil and I are sitting here, what's the vision? Who are we? We're bringing on a great branding guy, and he's looking, and he's analyzing our church. We're trying to get the pulse of our church. And who is Influence Church? Honestly, who are we? 
you come in and we got great music and dim lights and dancers and worshipers. And who are we? We have to know who we are. We have to get a vision as Influence Church who we are. And we're going to be a part of that over the next few months with you, defining who we are as a church. So as you invite people into this church, we have one single vision of who we are as the body of Influence Church. You've got to know our vision. I love the scripture in Joshua, be strong and of good cheer. Be courageous, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now remember, he swore through Moses, but Moses wasn't taking them in. Only be strong and very courageous that you, 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 it's not about anybody in here, but you may observe to do according to all the law which I told Moses, my servant, and commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. You have to have a new vision. You can't rely on yesterday's experience. You can't rely on yesterday's testimony. You need a fresh anointing, a fresh revelation from God. You know, it's so easy for me to keep telling my story of everything God did in my past. If I'm telling you testimonies from five years ago, then I'm carnal. If God's not giving me any new revelation, anything new, anything that he's speaking in my spirit and he's working in my spirit, then I'm pulling from yesterday's story. If I ask you what God's doing in your life right now, could you give me something fresh and relevant? Or would it be your testimony when when you were eight years old and you were baptized? Is there anything God's doing every day fresh in your life? If you don't have a fresh vision, a fresh story, a fresh testimony, then you're living on what they called yesterday's manna, yesterday's blessing. For Moses, he had the Red Sea. He had the manna and the quail. He had the 10 plagues. That was on Moses' watch. Now Joshua needed his faith story. Now Joshua had to have his own story. Now Joshua had to be the one that was going to take them in to take the land. I can only imagine when he said his strategy was to march around the walls seven times. Can't you hear them? Moses never did that. We never did this with Moses. See, Joshua had a new vision with a new strategy, with a new heartbeat. You know, I can sit here and go, we ain't never done that in church before when I was growing up. That dancing stuff, that music, those dark lights. But I'm telling you what, if we don't get a fresh vision and a new vision, how to reach the next generation, we're going to lose the church. We are going to lose the church. And I'm telling you what, there's got to be a place that people come and we work together in unity for the gospel. Spiritual maturity grows as you learn to hear directly from God. One thing I love to do is working with our women of influence is teach you how to hear from Holy Spirit. But I can't hear for you. You have to get alone with God. Joshua had to get alone with God. I can only imagine, think about it. Moses is gone. Moses was his mentor. Moses was his leader. Moses was the man, and he's gone. But Moses said, you're going to take them in. And all of a sudden, the pressure and the responsibility and the honor of the privilege was on him. And I was sitting there, I've shared this with my husband before, often so much of our ministry has been me following my husband. Our call has been my husband. And I'm telling you, when we started Influence Church, God said, it's your time. We've pastored for 42 years, wonderful churches, but until we came to Influence Church, I never had a place to speak, to teach, to use my gifts and my talents. And I'm telling you what, until you own your responsibility, God will never give you a platform. 
Until you own your responsibility, God will never give you a platform. So as I began to receive all the years of training and tutoring that my husband poured into me, I was ready to step out on my platform. Joshua had to have a sense of awareness that God would speak to him too. It wasn't just Moses telling him what to do. No, it was God telling him what to do. You cannot live in the shadow of others and be fully seen. You hearing me? You can't live in the shadow of anybody, any ministry, any person, any blessing. You have to step out of the shadow and be fully seen. God wants to use you. He wants to anoint you, and he wants to speak to you. And lastly, God wants for you to have a new beginning by taking responsibility. You have to be present with your moment. Listen to what the scripture says, Joshua 1, 8, 9. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and you will be successful. Joshua, listen, buddy. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. That means don't wonder what's going on. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua had to take a risk. Joshua had to be responsible. You know, um, several months ago, Pastor Phil and I went to Cusco. Some of you went with us. We went to Peru. We took about 100 people from our church down to Peru. And it was an incredible opportunity for us. Um, Phil got to speak in the, in the uh, Coliseum, and thousands and thousands of Peruvians came. We had a great revival. But I was just going to minister and to serve with him. But when we got there, all of a sudden, doors started to open up. I mean, big doors started to open up. Um, the, the Secretary of State for Cusco asked me to come and speak. The governor asked me to come and speak. They put together um, an event for the women of Cusco, and they asked me to come in and speak. And all of a sudden, I'm having all of these government officials asking me to come and speak. And I brought my book with me, um, and it's called Three Skips and a Jump. I wrote about 10 years ago, and I'm going to share the story because I want you to know about this. I'm going to share a little more with you. But um, I've done life coaching for... Gosh, 20 years now, I'm an executive company. I work with a lot of very professional executive men and women. And this particular woman had hired me about 10 years ago as her executive coach. She lived in Laguna. She was a very wealthy, prestigious woman, and she wanted a life coach. And I began giving her assignments, and she told me her problem, and I'm giving her all this stuff. And about week three, I'm, re I'm realizing she's not doing anything I'm asking her to do. She's not reading anything. She's not doing her assignment. She's not ready for our coaching session. And I was so frustrated that I decided I was going to fire her. I thought, I don't need your money, and you're wasting my time. And I looked at her, and I go, why do you want a life coach? And she said, well, Oprah has a life coach. And there was something she thought she identified herself with being prestigious that she said she could have a life coach. And I said to her, I want you to know, I realize I want this more than you do. So today will be our last session and until you're ready for a life coach, don't give me a call. And I was sitting there so frustrated, and I was drinking my coffee, and I looked across the street, and these little children were playing hopscotch. And I, re I literally remember hearing, I said, God, I wish it was that easy. I wish I could just skip over my problems and jump into my future. I just said that watching that hopscotch. And God said to me, it is that easy. Three skips and a jump. You have to skip entitlement skip punishment, and skip resentment. And until you skip those things, you'll never jump into your future. Now, let me tell you what I've said before. When God says something like that, he's smarter than you. 
He's trying to get your attention. This wasn't about me life coaching anyone else. This was about God life coaching me. Until I skipped resentment and punishment and entitlement, I would never jump into the future God had for me. So I got home, and it was so powerful, I just started writing. I just started writing. I wrote chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. I got through my skips, and he said, now it's time to jump. And jump has to do with identity and value and worth. And I write this book for women, and I start coaching women all over through this book the last 10 years, three skips and a jump. So I take the book with me to Cusco, and through a translator, I'm teaching the women of Cusco. Now, you've got to realize these are very poor women. These are women that have been abused. These are women that work 12 to 15 hours a day. They have nothing. They're sitting in an arena like this, and I am through a translator talking to them about their worth and their identity and their dignity. They're, it's not a faith-based event. It's put on by the government, and I'm telling them they are worth the love of God, and I'm giving this, this gospel message. Women are weeping and weeping and weeping. It was amazing. We get done, and the minister of the Secretary of State said to me, you must put this book in Spanish. You've got to get this book in Spanish for our women. So I come home, and Rosio says to me, have you started working on the book? And I said, well, what? I don't speak Spanish. You know, un poquito. I don't know what to do with this. And so we find, we find a translator, and that was in June. So we find a translator, and they begin to translate the book. Well, this week it came in. So here's the book in Spanish, which is exciting. But the coolest part is that... Um, we began praying, God, what do you want us to do? Well, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago now, we received a call from the government of Cusco. And they said that they are putting on a women's event on March 8th because it's International Women's Day. And they want to know if I would come in and speak to the women of Cusco. And the interesting thing, I don't know if you follow the news, but actually the, um, the mayor of Cusco has just been arrested for whatever he did wrong. And a new mayor has come in. And so we were praying about, God, should we go? Should we go? Two weeks ago, he personally called and the, the pastor and said, I want the woman from California to come in. I will do everything I need to do, to do to pull this event together. I will get every woman of Cusco there. Have her bring her book, We Need a Revival in Cusco with the women of Cusco. Now, let me tell you why that's important. I've been preparing in my now. I've been preparing in my now but I have to step into my next. Now listen, this applies to someone. I have been faithful in my now. And when you're faithful in your now, God will provide for your next. This was not on my radar. This was not something I thought I was going to be doing. I don't speak Spanish. This is new for me. But God said, I'm going to give you platforms. And I, I just, Janet, you just popped in my, I gotta give you guys, this is crazy. I'm so glad you're here. So how long ago? Eight months ago, maybe, I, I was speaking at an event in Hawaii. This is so cool. I love this. I love God's stories. And I was speaking um, on the seed and the sower and the farmer. And I had given out to everyone in the audience a little packet of four seeds. You know the story of the farmer and he goes to sow seed and some is scorched and some is buried, but there's one good seed. And I'm coaching and I'm teaching all these people about the seed and take your good seed and sow it on good soil. And I begin to speak, and all I gave everybody was four little seeds. Well, I get done speaking, and this woman comes up to me, and she hands me a bag of seed this big, and it's the exact same seed that I gave out. And ours we got from Sprouts, and she gave it to me in a bag from Sprouts. She's from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we got ours right down the street here in, in California. And she hands me this bag, and she looked at me, and she said, I want you to know 
that God is getting ready to do exceedingly abundantly beyond more than you could ask or think. And she hands me the seed and then she leaves. And I'm, I'm doing a book table and people are coming up asking me questions and everything else. And I'm like, where'd the seed lady go? Where'd the seed lady go? I want to know, what is this about? And she just said, she said, God told me. Now, this is a crazy part of the story. She said, I was packing to come to this conference. And she said, God told me, go and buy seed. And I will tell you what to do with it when you get to the conference. So she said, I went to Sprouts. And I bought a big bag of seed. And the exact same pumpkin seed we bought. And the minute you stood on the stage, the Holy Spirit said, go to your room in your suitcase and get your bag of seed. It's for her. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, is it an angel? Is this real? Because she's gone. I can't find her. I mean, that whole day, I'm looking for her. The next morning at the event, I'm looking for her. That afternoon, she came up, and she said, I want to introduce myself to you. My name's Janet. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that word was for you. And I said, who are you, and where did you go? And she said, I knew I was just supposed to give you the seed. If I would have stayed, it would have been about me. This was about you. And Janet came for our women's conference. She's here right now. I want to thank you for your word because it's just it's hitting me that going to Cusco is part of that Ephesians 3.20 that God is doing right now exceedingly more that I could ask or think. I did not think about this. It was not on my radar. But when you are faithful with your now, God will give you a next. Joshua was faithful with his now, and God gave him a next. And what's happening in some of our lives is we're living in the shadow of someone else. And God wants to do something in your life. He wants to do something in you and through you and with you. This week, I was praying about Cusco and what to do, and we hadn't bought our airline tickets. We are going on our own. They gave the invitation, but they don't, take, they don't, they don't pay for anything. You know, they just ask you to come and speak. And so I said to my husband, should I go? It's expensive. It's, it's, you know, and when God opens a door, you don't say, should I go? You just wait for him to provide for you to go, and you go. And I was praying about going, and um, a lot of you know that, that I do prayer walks. Many of you see me. I mean, I'm constantly out there in the neighborhood, and some of you honk at me, and they're like, there's our crazy pastor's wife, and, and I just prayer walk. And so right now, I'm, it's even worse because I'm training for the El Camino. I'm walking the El Camino in Spain, and it's 100 miles, and so I'm having to, to prepare for that. So I walk. I'm trying to get up to 20 miles a day. So last week, I'm walking. I leave our house, and I'm walking all around, and I get to about to mile 10, and I come into our old neighborhood that we lived in last year. And I'm coming down Serrano, and I'm singing stronger. And I've got my iPod, my iPod, my earbuds, those things in my ear. And I'm coming down Serrano, and I'm singing, "You make me stronger. You win every battle." And I mean, I'm just—I mean, I am in the moment. I'm praying over the women. I'm praying over Cusco. I'm praying anointing. I'm asking God's fire. I mean, I'm just like singing, and people are honking, they're waving, and, and then I'm like, oh my God, Tammy, get a grip. You know, people are going to institutionalize you. You look crazy. And, and I'm, I'm singing this over, and then Holy Spirit says in my heart, go by and see Josie, my old neighbor, and invite her to the women's conference. And I hadn't been in my old neighborhood in months. If I'm not walking 20 miles, I wouldn't even be there. And, I'm, and I get in the neighborhood, and I feel this prompting. Now, listen, when Holy Spirit gives you a prompting, do something with it. Holy Spirit gave you a prompting for seed that changed my life. 
I'm sure you said to him, why seed? Because he wanted you to sow seed into my life so that I believe he was doing something fresh in my life. So when God prompts you, don't ignore it. If he tells you to give someone something, to do something for something, to speak to someone, you'll hear more promptings when you're obedient. What happens is you stifle those promptings, and he stops prompting. He doesn't think you want to be prompted. I want to be prompted. And so Holy Spirit said, go by and see them, invite them. And so I walk by, and I knock on the door. Ah, you know, I hadn't seen him forever. And I said, I want you to come to the women's conference. It's this weekend. I'd love for you to come as my guest. So when I walked in the door yesterday, and this room was packed with women all the way on the loading dock, and I'm walking, I didn't get to see a lot of people, but all of a sudden, that back row was Josie and Veronica, the mother-daughter. And I looked over, and the tears, tears are flowing down their face. They're sweet Catholic friends of ours that just, they love God, but I don't know if they know the intimacy yet of God. And she's sitting there, and I said, I'm so glad you came. And she said, I feel God here. And I'm telling you what, guys, there's something, yeah, that, yes, come on. Had I not been prompted, I would have missed the opportunity to look into the eyes of a woman weeping who needed a touch from God. I'm telling you what, guys, you are avoiding the promptings of God. Or you're justifying them. But God wants to move in a fresh way, and he wants to speak through you. He wants to speak to you. Joshua was a new voice. He had new strategies. He had new techniques, and he had a new vision. I'm going to ask you guys, because it's a new vision for me, and I'm going to just say this real quickly, that yesterday was amazing in the women's conference. We've had five now, and I literally did nothing yesterday. We have, we have raised up such a team of our staff and our volunteers that I, I honestly, guys, I didn't have to do anything, all right? Now, if I'm not leading, I'm not a leader. My job isn't to come in and make sure everything's going well. My job is to train them to do everything well. But I can't move into my next assignment if I'm not finished with this assignment. Now, come on. So the leadership of a Pastor Nate and a Pastor Erica and a Bethany and a Drew and a Natalie and our all everybody here, our staff, is for me to give them place so I can go to my next. I have to know that my now is taken care of so I can move to my next. Now I ain't going nowhere. And I'm holding you accountable, but I'm, did you know I watched you? You guys ran this conference. Because God's preparing me for my next. Let me tell you what. God was preparing Joshua for his next. But he had to learn his now. And I don't know. Are you observant? Are you looking at your past? Are you learning from your past? Do you have a mentor that you're watching? Do you have a new vision? Do you have a new strategy for where God wants to take you? There is a time for preparation. And there is a time for action. Joshua was prepared under the watch of Moses, and now it was time for action. I'm going to ask you, and Natalie put these boxes here. We literally have tons of boxes of books that we're trying to ship to Cusco. They just came two days ago, and we're shipping them to Cusco. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, a call to action. Would you help me go by sending books to Cusco? And if you would and you're interested, you can send a book, or you can send a case, or you can send 10 cases. You can see Rachel, my assistant, in, um, in the lobby when you leave, but I'm going to ask you guys seriously to pray for me. Um, I leave March 5th. 
Um, I'm going to be speaking from 9 in the morning till 9 in the evening. They sent me my itinerary five straight days, 9 to 9, the whole time. I'm speaking to prisons and churches and military women and to the, to the, to the Senate. Uh, they've invited the president's wife to come of Peru. So it's a big thing for me. And I need my house to pray for me. I need my women, my men, my family to hold me up in prayer. I hold you up in prayer. I make a fool of myself walking down Serrano for you. I pray for this house. God gives me faces and words. You have no idea when I'm praying for you. Now I need you to pray for me. I need you to send me to be a part of a movement that I believe God wants. It's a new year. It's year eight. What does it look like for you? Do you want a new beginning? Are you satisfied with where you are? If you want something fresh, you have to do something different. I'm going to close with this. I thought it was interesting, and it's um, a survey that I found. And it said, science says only 8% of people actually achieve their goal. Totally different study. Again, 8%. And here are a few things they do differently. And I found this. I started applying this to my own life this week. Number one, they begin with the end in mind. So I literally this week sat down and said, God, what does it look like when I'm on the plane on the way home from Cusco? What just happened to me? Where was I? How were women saved? What did it look like? How am I rejoicing? I literally see in my mind what I'm going to see on my way home from Cusco. If you don't know what the end looks like, you're never going to get there. So begin to ask God, what does it look like? And pray over that. They build a support system around them. I'm going to ask you to be my support system. I'm going to ask you every moment that God prompts you with my name, you pray for me. I pray that you pray ahead to protection. I pray that you pray open doors. I pray that you pray that I would be articulate, that the translation would be smooth, that women and men are set free and saved. Pray that for me. I need a support system. Number three, they set specific and challenging goals. So I began to write down, what do I want to see happen in Cusco? How is that going to look? They recognize when they're procrastinating. So I asked myself, God, do I know where to go? If I am standing still and procrastinating, that means I don't have a clear vision. What's my next step? How do I step here? What does it look like to go here? Who do I need to get there? Don't procrastinate where you are. And this one I love. It says they practice the 5217 rule. And Josh, this one's for you because you and I are both like this. They work for 52 minutes, and then they allow themselves 17 minutes of rest. And if you're like me, I can sit down at my desk, and I can work four straight hours and not move. I write books, and I read things, and I'm preparing messages, and I'm working with women, and I'm just, I, and all of a sudden, I find myself exhausted. Well, the rule says you can only work 52 minutes before you have to give yourself a break. So begin to take little respites and get back to work and respites and get back to work. And finally, they don't multitask. I get myself focused on one thing and I complete it. Then I go to the next thing and I complete it. Then I go to the next thing and I complete it. So those six little steps can help you move into your new beginning. I want to encourage you to be you, authentically you. Don't be me. Don't be Phil. Don't be your neighbor. I'm going to ask you to come out of the shadow, whoever that Moses is in your life. Mentors are good and mentors are great. But God's got a calling on your life, a purpose on your life. It's time to come out of the shadow. I'm going to ask you to stand. And as we worship and we sing this song, just the three little things I talked about. To review your past, to get a new vision, and take responsibility for your now.
Take responsibility for your now. Who's your Moses? And have you stepped into your Joshua shoes? Um, we're going to have a time in ministry, and Pastor Phil's going to come, which is kind of something he wants to share on the prayer wall. But we always have a time in ministry at the end when we bring the prayer tables forward and um, baby there. And we're going to ask you to begin to pray because I believe, here's what I believe, everybody, that some of you thought you would be further along than you are right now at this time of the year. We're seven weeks into 2020. Maybe you've lost your goal, you've lost your way, you've already messed up. Today is a day of new beginnings. Today is your new beginning. You can start fresh. You can call it over yourself. But see yourself as a Joshua with a new strategy, a new technique, and a new vision.